appreciate you so much more. <laughs> and uh, But I'm glad to do what I can. And uh, and I agree with you, the wedding uh, was one of the most beautiful weddings I guess I have ever seen in my life last night. And uh, you know, I don't normally cry at weddings. Sometimes for the, for the, for the fellow I do, but... Uh, but uh, man, I just, I was fighting back the tears last night. It was just touching and and you just felt God's presence in that. And I'm, I'm just so happy we've known Megan. Uh, well, since she was, I've known her since she was about 18 months old. And uh, over at the, the ministry where you were uh, talking about where we actually hooked up years ago. The first time I ever saw Megan, I, I think she was dressed about like she was last night. <laughs> she was about 18 months and, and uh, she was with my daughter. And I traveled a lot, so my wife got to be in on relationships a lot more than I was. I was gone out of town so much. And, and uh, Megan and, and my daughter Amy over here, who was one of the bridesmaids last night, they were, I don't know, standing, going somewhere. And I said, who's that little girl with Amy? And they're both 18 months old. And I said, or she said, that's Amy's best friend. She's 18 months old and has a best friend already. And it's amazing. But uh, she was so beautiful. And uh, so classy. And uh, it's good to be with friends. Good to be with you, Pastor Philip. And good to meet your wife, Kelly. Just uh, seemed like such a beautiful lady of God. And uh, and we felt so welcome and so warm. And I'm going to get into the message because he told me I only had two hours to preach. And uh, so, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to condense, uh, no, let's see, eight pages of notes into about two, if I can. So, so uh, would you just pray with me that the Lord would uh, open up our spiritual hearing this morning so that we can receive His Word into our lives. Father, we just thank You for this opportunity together. Lord, that we can come together. More than anything else, we've come to honor Your name today, Lord Jesus. To bless you because your blessings have been so great to us. And we just want to bless you. And Lord, we just ask that you open up our spiritual hearing, God, so that your word can be planted deep in our lives. Not just on the surface shallow, Lord, but where it can be stolen by the devil. Or we can lose it by the cares of this world. But let us put it deep in our hearts, God. And the way we do that is we immediately put it into practice in our lives. Let us hear your voice this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
But I tell you what, it was confirmation. My wife will tell you I was fretting. What, 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 I don't know this congregation. What am I going to preach? And so I went through several things, and she said, why don't you preach this? <laughs> and I said, well, that's, that's, a, that's a good word of God, but I didn't feel the Lord. But it was confirmed this morning when almost everybody who was said anything this morning preached my message. And I want to talk about the Word of God. That's your Word. Words mean things. Now, when man gets involved, sometimes they don't mean anything. You can't always trust what a man's going to say. I don't know if it's affected you, but I've kind of gotten to the place where I don't think government has the answer for me. I feel like an object of manipulation with words most of the time these days, but... We're just men. At my word, things don't always mean. And and it's not that I'm always just making promises that I don't plan to fulfill. But sometimes I say things with all good intentions. I mean it. But I don't know the circumstances that I'm about to face that will hinder me fulfilling that word. Fulfilling my promise. I might... Say to you, I'm going to do thus and so tomorrow. But listen, if the Lord takes me tonight, (laughs) don't hold me to that. Sometimes we say things, and if you have a dry sense of humor like I do, I've offended a lot of people. Because I would say, I've said things to people that I really didn't expect them to take me serious. But I didn't say it jokingly, and I should have known better. Uh, to my son, and I owe you an apology, Aaron. I feel like I need to keep apologizing because when he was about five years old, and I traveled all over the world, involved in crusades, we were looking up at the moon. He knew I was gone all over the place, everywhere, holding crusades. And we looked up at the moon one night, and I said, son, I've held a crusade on, that, on the moon. And I really didn't think he took me serious until I found out the next day he spread it all over school. My dad held a crusade on the moon. Then I had a problem. Sorry, son. But I want to say to you this this morning that God's Word is everything. You can bank on it. You can build on it. You can live in it. You know, uh, Peter had been fishing all night. And he didn't catch anything. He went fishing when it was supposed to be good fishing. And he came in and he was tired. And he was washing his nets. And Jesus said, Peter, how about going fishing with me this morning? And all he did was complain. He said, Lord, come on. I'm the fisherman. I'm a pro. I've toiled all night. We caught nothing. But he had seen enough in Jesus. He had seen enough of Jesus' words come true. He said, nevertheless, at your word. And so he went fishing. And he put the net out and they filled up and they began to break and they had to call for help. Come on, we're catching fish. And right after that, Jesus said, Peter, from now on, you're not going to catch fish. He said, from now on, you're going to catch men. 
Now, you know what? Peter didn't, he didn't become a soul winner that day. It was a while yet before Peter ever caught a man. But Jesus' word transcends time. It transcends all dimensions. And he calls those things that will be as if they are now. He knew Peter because Jesus wasn't speaking a man word. He was speaking a God word. And God's word always comes to pass. Always. And we could go down through and let me hurry. How much time do I have left? An hour and 50. I've already used. I promise I'm not going to do that. I promise I'm not going to do that. Unless you did give me an out. You said if the Spirit moves, <laughs> we can keep rolling. But I, I promise you, I don't want to go past the Spirit because I've seen tomatoes and eggs coming my way. So I won't do that. We could go down through the Bible and look at men who said, Lord, at your word. They didn't want to do what they did. Elijah didn't want to stand up there, I don't think, in his own strength. With 450 prophets of Baal, he didn't want to stand up there and call fire down from heaven if God wasn't going to do it. And Elijah said in 1 Kings 18.36, I have done all these things, Lord, at your word. I'm not acting on my own will, but at your word. Psalm 107.20 says, He sent His word... And heal them. All it took was His Word. And He healed. I want you to turn to Ezekiel 37, if you would, with me this morning. You know, the Apostle Paul said that Abraham was convinced that God was going to honor His promises. We've got to become convinced. Not by the world system. Not convinced that our political leaders are going to help us. But at His Word. At God's Word. Ezekiel 37. And I'm reading uh, from the New Living Translation this morning. I don't know what you have. I, uh, last Sunday I asked at my church who, who brought their Bibles, who brought the Word with them. And some little young lady, what was she, about seven years old? Man, she said, I got the real Word. She had the King James, the real Word of God. And I didn't have the real Word, but I did have a translation. The New Living Translation, Ezekiel 37. Let's start with verse 1. Ezekiel said, the Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. How many of you have ever had the Lord take hold of you? You know what? I don't mind, and I think most people don't mind if the Lord takes hold of us, if He's taking us into revival. <laughs> if He's taking us into success. If He's taking us into blessing. But how many of you want the Lord to take hold of you and take you to Death Valley? Sign me up, Lord. Not me. I'm not signing up for that. But I don't always have to sign up for what God grabs hold of me to do. 
<laughs> and he took Ezekiel. He said, he took hold of me. You know what? Sometimes God has to shake us a little bit. He has to get a hold of us and shake us a little bit loose from our traditions. Shake us loose from our complacency. Because sometimes we can get like, you know what? My job's doing okay. I'm kind of okay in the congregation. You know, I'm not, I'm not uh, breaking any records, but, you know, I show up for church. I sing. I do my part. I give my 5% in the offering. In verse 2, he said, He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor that were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Took him into a valley of bones. He took him to a place that was just not very pleasant. I think about this state. Of course, all of the Gulf states will be affected, but Louisiana has been greatly affected the last few years. Katrina and now this oil situation. And most of the time, we always blame that on the devil. We blame everything that comes to us as a challenge on the devil. And I guess Ezekiel could have done that. This is not a pleasant place for me. It must be the devil. A lot of times when he places us in ministry. <laughs> you ever been in any unpleasant situations in ministry? Boy, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor or if you're teaching a Sunday school class. Try to teach five-year-olds, and you'll feel like you're in a valley of dry bones. Try to teach 40-year-olds. <laughs> it said the Lord grabbed hold of him. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm about, I'm dry bones. Thank you. <clears throat> said they were scattered and they were dry. And he said he took, he took him around. He took him around and showed him around. Ezekiel needed not just to see in the distance this lost world. But God had to bring him into the midst of it. He had to smell death. He had to feel it. What had happened in this place. And it says that they were scattered and dry. You know, in my mind's eye, when I look at this situation, I see what must have been a violent battle. And I, maybe I've seen too many movies. Maybe I, I've watched Braveheart too many times. But I see swords clashing. And I see axes flying. I see barbarians clashing. <laughs> and when they go to war, 
They don't, they're not trying to be tidy and neat and clean. But, buddy, I'm going to tell you, according to this, there were limbs flying. There were bones flying, severed, moving all directions, and they weren't together. You would find an arm with someone else's head. This was a horrible place that Ezekiel found himself in. And it says that they were dry. This didn't just happen, but enough time has gone by that there's no hope. If there was someone who still had breath in their body, no hope. Dead, dry, gone, lost. Maybe you have found yourself in a place of hopelessness. Maybe where you have felt yourself chopped up in a million pieces. And your heart broken and torn. You have found yourself in circumstances that you said, No. No. I'm just a bag of bones. Dry inside. Maybe you're past. You know, we could think of a million reasons why people live in the circumstances we live in. Maybe you have a family history of alcoholism. We can mention a million things. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a marriage on the rocks. Look at verse 3. Then he asked me, Son of man, Can these bones become living people again? (laughs) I love his answer. Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Can these bones live? This existence, you might be existing, but are you living? Are you dry inside? Maybe you have bones, but are you breathing the breath of God today? And we all have to hear that question. Can these bones live? And if you're looking at it, you might think, is this a trick question? Are you kidding me? I don't have the answer, God. Only you. And that's where God has to bring us He has to bring us to the place we don't have that answer. In our own mind, it's hopeless. In our own mind, whatever we've gone through, whatever we've faced, is just torn limbs. Brokenness. And in the natural, the answer is no. If I have to answer that question, God, the answer is no. But God, You know, you know, now we're getting somewhere. Solomon said, whenever you are in a state of confusion, whenever you're in a position and a place in life where you're asking, God, I don't think I can live. My life is just ashes at my feet. Solomon said, when you get to that place, lean not to your own understanding. But trust in the Lord. Acknowledge Him. Trust in the Lord. I don't have to know the answer. 
but I can release my lack of understanding into his care. How many of you have the answer this morning? Let me just ask you a question. How many of you are facing some, some issues today and you just don't really have all the answers? Most of you are telling the truth. The ones that raised your hand. Look at verse 4. And then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. (laughs) Speak to these bones. You know, Ezekiel was speaking to a dead congregation. Speak to this dead church. Pastor, have you ever spoke to a... I know it's not this church. Have you ever spoke? (laughs) And I'm not saying that with a critical spirit. Because we've all sat in the pew dead inside. A bag of bones. But what did we need? What did we need? God's Word. Speak, He said. Speak. Speak to the wounded. Speak to the broken. Speak to the hopeless. Speak a prophetic word. Because they're dead. Speak a prophetic word to the junkie. Speak a prophetic word to those in prison. Speak a prophetic word to the sick. Speak a prophetic word to that mama who don't know where her boy is. Speak God's word. Don't speak doubt. Don't speak hopelessness. Just God's word. Because what does it say? Why do we speak? Because faith comes by what? If we don't speak, we don't hear. Speak His Word. If if I speak my Word to you this morning, and if it's just my Word, you're going to go out as empty as... emptier than you came in. But when God's Word goes out... It doesn't come back void. When His Word goes out, it brings something with it every time. Every time. When Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus, He didn't speak a man word. (laughs) He said, Lazarus. And God's Word went right into that tomb. And it didn't come out and say, Sorry, I couldn't do anything. He was dead. But when God's Word went in there, it grabbed hold of Lazarus and brought him up and brought him out and said, He's alive. God's Word makes us alive. Hallelujah. God's Word goes to the dead and brings them out. To the hopeless and brings hope. To the sick and brings health. Let's go to verse 5. Ezekiel is about to speak to death. 
Verse 5, he says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. And I'll put breath into you. And you'll come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel is standing in that valley of dry bones. And if CNN would have showed up, how silly would he have looked? How would they have reported that? Because, see, they didn't, they didn't get there when the bones were still apart. <laughs> they didn't see the coming together of the bones. They're just there before anything or after the bones came together. Talking about this silly prophet reporting on this dummy who's going to speak to death. Most of the time, you're not going to know who the Lord is until you come to the place where you face death. Where you have faced hopelessness. Because you've trusted in yourself to that point. You've trusted in your own talent. In your own mental capabilities. And you, and you have said to yourself, self, look what you have done. But God says that ain't good. And He brings us to this place. Look at verse 7. He says, <laughs> So I spoke this message. Just as He told me. You know, I'm not so sure He felt anything at that moment. Speaking to a dead congregation. <laughs> He's just doing it because God said do it. He said, so I did it. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. And the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. <laughs> Boy, I don't know if you can imagine being in that valley where this holocaust took place. And all of a sudden, the finger of this guy that was way over there says, click, 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 There he is. That's where I belong. <laughs> and this shoulder and this arm. And the toe was connected to the foot. And the foot was connected to the ankle. And the ankle to the shin. And the shin to the thigh. The thigh to the hip. Click, 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 pop. I have a feeling it sounded like another battle was going on. Like the earth was trembling. Wish you had some sound effects to throw in there. But when God speaks life, and when a resurrection happens, it's noisy. You can't hide it away in a corner. When Lazarus came out of the tomb, it wasn't in a corner somewhere. Everybody was standing there. (laughs) 
It says that they came to their own bodies. When God's Word does what it does, it brings unity to the body. Let me just make this statement, and I can do it because I don't know. I have a few friends here that I know well, and they're perfect. And I don't know the rest of you. But if somebody is out of sync with the body, it could be you're not hearing God's Word. And I'll leave that alone. (laughs) But you know what it means. Verse 8. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. The skin formed to cover their bodies. But they still had no breath in them. They were fully developed bodies. They looked like the church. They were a form... Maybe we could tell you a step further. They had a ritual. They went through the motions, so to speak. They looked like they should be alive, but there was no breath in them. There was no spirit in them. Because the letter kills, but the spirit brings life. Surging life. And you may, you know, you might be able to quote the Bible from cover to cover. But you may not have life. You may even do things that look charitable. Why would Paul say, if I give my body to be burned, but I have not life? How could he give his body to be burned if he didn't have love? Because you can do it in ritual and in form. But with nothing in here. If it's not coming from in here, out. (laughs) What's coming outward by itself is worth nothing. Because Jesus sees the heart. I only see the outside. You can jump around and do all kinds of stuff. And look holy. You can look so holy. But I don't see your heart like God does. And I've learned not to judge just what I see on the outside. Both directions. I have put my judgment on people that I thought, boy, they're so unholy. But when I got to know them, I found Jesus. I found Jesus on the inside of them. Because they might not have looked like much, but boy, there was something inside of them that made them alive. They loved. (laughs) And that's how you know. Jesus said, this is how you know if they're my disciples because of their love one to another. Not how well they judge each other. Look at verse 9. I'm making record time. And then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these bodies, these dead bodies, so they may live again. So here he goes again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. And the wind began to blow. And breath came into these dead bodies. And they all came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. I guess you could say they were born again. 
Jesus said, you've got to be born again. I've got a good friend that says this, and I'm original from there, so I believe. If you weren't born in Texas, you ought to be born again. Should have said Louisiana. But they became an army. They were born again. They became church. And I want to tell you something. Let's just cut to the chase. God is calling His church to be the church. He's calling the church to speak a prophetic word to a fallen world. To speak a prophetic word because we are flesh of His flesh and bone of His bone. We are His body. And it's time that we not allow tension and, and, and things to tear us apart, but it's time we speak prophetically to a, a broken nation. The Word of the Lord says, Breathe. You breathe out, Lord, and we breathe in. And we breathe in Your Spirit, God. And we speak over this nation. Because He said, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways. If my people will turn from their wicked ways, are you kidding? God's people can have wicked ways? You know, when we get wicked ways is when we quit speaking His Word and speaking our own. And we put His name to it. And we take the name of the Lord in vain. You thought that was just cussing. Taking the name of the Lord, it's like a marriage contract. When we got married, and she said, I will honor your name. I'm not going to misuse it. But if she went around misusing my name, she'd be taking my name in vain. And we do that with the Lord sometimes. I've seen churches split. When sister so-and-so gets up and says, God told me that the piano is supposed to be over there. Silly, isn't it? Or maybe God told me thus and so about your life when God ain't said nothing. You better know God's word is in your mouth before you attach his name to it. Because you will stand before him one day. I'm telling you. God is calling us to speak His Word to the broken. God is calling us to speak to parents and to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of the children back to the parents. This nation has torn us apart. We've taken God out of schools. I'm not standing up here to preach a political message, but I'm preaching God's Word because when we take God out of everything, you see what happens. I need to get positive. I want to go back negative again. Speak a prophetic word. Speak a prophetic word over that broken marriage. You know what? That relationship has been in a, in a place now for so long where they're not getting along. And they've said, they've come to the point where they say, divorce is the only answer.
And there are cases when it, it is. But a lot of people let themselves keep God from doing something in a relationship because of personal issues. And it's time, folks, that we stand up and be the church and speak prophetically, speak God's Word, speak His Word. And I need some musicians to make me close, if you would. Shut me down. She didn't hesitate. Did you notice that? I don't know about you, but I just get tired of the devil running roughshod over God's people. And we just lay down and accept it. But it's time we stood up. Let the clicking begin. Let us stand up and let us breathe in the breath of God. And speak His Word over our kids, over our schools. <laughs> it's time we stood up and say, Cancer, the Sovereign Lord says, You are not welcome in this body anymore. You have no claim because it's His body. And His breath is in it. I believe we can stand up and say the Word of the Lord says to this addiction. We have just accepted those things. Well, I'm just human. So I, I can't help that I'm addicted to this or that. We need to be brought back to place. I remember times when drug addicts and alcoholics would come to the altar, drugged up and alcoholed up, and immediately delivered by God, never to touch it again. Whatever it is that may have you bound, maybe it's anger. You know what, maybe you're here this morning and you've never been able to believe God's Word as our Heavenly Father because your Father never told you the truth. And you have equated God with your earthly Father. And said, I don't believe Him because I never could trust my own. But I'm here to tell you that God is not a man that He should lie. He gains nothing. God wants to deliver you from emotional scars. He wants to heal you from broken hearts, from betrayal. Some of you have been betrayed. But God wants to, God wants to set you free by helping you forgive. By helping you forgive and get over it. Buddy, that's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. But you have to. You can't go past where you are without it. Unforgiveness is a prison.
that will keep you right where you are. Thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorb at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.